The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Are you ready to start solving your money problems and live the life God is calling you to? I think that's the thing is people can, can do all the great things that all the great Christ followers are watching today and they want to do more to help the poor. They want to give, they want to be charitable, but they can't because the, the interest, again, the Bible said, is being stolen by people who really shouldn't have it. David Crank helps you learn easy ways to budget, eliminate debt, increase saving, and give generously. Next. Randy Robinson, and we're so glad that you stopped by and visited with us because we have a show that I think is going to be not just interesting, but incredibly practical, really could make a huge impact on your life and how you run your family too. I had the privilege um, earlier this year of being with pastors David and Nicole Crank at their West Palm Beach yep. campus, <laughs> and they have a huge church in St. Louis. Please, would you help me welcome Pastor David Crank? Thank you. Thank you. I have to say, I was so blown away by the professionalism. I mean, the conference was amazing, but every single detail, your team Thank are you. just- They're amazing. They're phenomenal. Yeah. And they're kind of, you hardly see them. You have to look for them. They're behind the scenes. Yeah. But they're what they do team. is excellent. And you slayed it. Everybody loved you. They're like, we want to get her to St. Louis. Oh, always amazing. sweet. I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. But this book, Randy, yeah. Solving Your Money Problems. Oh, wow. Yeah. The topic that a lot of us just don't want to hear about. But you know what the thing I like about David is that he makes it fun, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's not all, <laughs> you know, beat you over the head with all the mistakes you've made financially. No, you have to just be in David's company for five minutes to know I'm going to learn a lot. And it's going to be fun. <laughs> right, right, right. So let's jump right into this because this is a big deal with you. I, I want to take people back a little bit. Uh -huh to understand yeah. why it's significant. Well, you know, I grew up in a travel trailer because my dad was an evangelist. He wanted to help people. First, he was a cop, and he got saved uh, by listening to Rex Humbard on the radio. Wow. And he felt called to ministry, but he felt like he stuttered, and he couldn't communicate with people, which I think a lot of us feel insignificant, and we can't. And so he just bought a travel trailer, quit his job, put me in it. I'm like four years old, and that's where we lived. And so, obviously, we had a lot of money problems because he doesn't have health insurance. We don't have a financial plan. He's just out there believing God. And so I did my homeschool in this trailer and everything, and there would be days uh, because we were dependent, obviously, on the offerings of these little churches, and they couldn't help you because they need to help themselves. Yeah. And uh, my dad would be like, did anybody give you any money? Did anybody give me money? No. So we would go in the travel trailer at night and we would pray over food that we didn't have. Hmm. He'd be like, God, I would just pray over this bologna right now. And he would make believe that we were bologna. And I'm like, wait a minute, if we're faking, why aren't we eating steak, <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> but the dream, again, yeah. that's a whole other problem is the way you think. You know, I always say a mild stretch never goes back to the original size. But he had a poverty mentality. And then obviously he loved the Lord, but... Oftentimes people misunderstand that God wants to bless you, but he also gave you information that'll give you power. Right. And so there was things called budgets. There was things called not just sowing and reaping, but that's important, but the how to. So my dad back in the 70s and 80s started studying and he never had anybody teach him about money. 
and discovered some principles so I was raised differently. So we were taught to live within a budget, how to beat bankers at their own game, how to buy a house with no credit, what kind of car to buy. So I grew up like with this incredible privilege of being raised by a dad who knew a lot about money, although wasn't formally trained. Mm -hmm. So, you know, over the years, I discovered those kind of principles and I had my own setbacks. You know, I got married when I was 18. It was puppy love led to the dog's life, you know, and, and then I got divorced. And I don't know if you ever heard of the new, you know, divorce Barbie, but it comes with all kin stuff. So, Ooh, I, was really, wow. <laughs> so I was living in a basement apartment wondering how I was going to get ahead again, lost everything, but through the principles that I share in my book, I got it all back, which is really just really actually figuring out what money does and how money works. Most of the time, and this is where people really freak out, Randy, is it's not more money that we need. We need to learn to budget the money we do have. See, and I think that's huge because we learn a lot of things uh, in the religious world. We learn on one side that, that money is evil. Right. Or at least that the love of money is the root right. of all sorts of evil, biblically. On the other side, we learn that if you just have enough faith, you'll have a lot of money. Right. Where you're coming in is kind of saying, you know what? God has some principles at play. And in, maybe he's even got a few parables about stewardship. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe there's a little bit more obedience and wisdom that we right. need to get into. And that's what most people do is they don't realize the Bible says, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's neutral. It can dig wells, as you guys do, and chase people's lives, yeah. or it can do bad things. And so it's a right relationship with money. And I always say in the book, I talk about debt. The acronym is doing everything but thinking. So we go for immediate <laughs> gratification instead of long-term satisfaction. So we're like, it'd make me feel better now if I went to Starbucks and bought a $5 cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Well, if you do that every day, there's $25 in a, you know, a week, and that's you know, $100 a month. And then you know, next thing you know, in fact, a lady told me yesterday that her husband would load $50 a week on her Starbucks card. Well, she figured out that's $2,400 a year. So she cut off that card and said, we're not gonna do that. We got a plan, we have a vision, we're gonna go on a vacation next year. Hmm. So it's not that I don't want you to enjoy your life, I just don't want you to go for the immediate gratification, I want you to go for long-term satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And so you know, the Bible says that a vision people perish. I always say at our church, at Faith Church, you know, without a vision, people go to another parish. So we say it, spray it, wheel it, deal it, make people feel it. We go, okay, have a vision. So with me, my dad always showed me to have this vision before you. Mm -hmm. This is where I want to be. So then you can get excited about paying off that credit card. So paying off the credit card, and let's talk about credit card debt for a minute. Credit card debt allows us to get in trouble right away. As soon as you, you know, you're 18, 19 years old, and people are like, hey, you want a free T-shirt and a mug? Yeah. Okay, sign up for this credit card. Right. And now you think this credit card is an extension to your paycheck, and clearly it's not. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people are making three grand a month, they're spending $5,000 a month, and then you wake up one day and realize, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. uh, my card's been robbed, and it was you. You went to Target, and you went to this <laughs> store and that store, right. and we get in debt slowly. And then we get in this situation where you're like, there's no way out. And so I want to tell you today that there is a way out. There's hope at it. But God will put his super on your natural, but you got to help God. So, you know, the Bible says that the little foxes spoil the vine. So one of the things I suggest people to do right away is to create a budget and don't budge from the budget. And then don't have he money. That's money he don't know about, right? Or she money, <laughs> money she don't know about. And so you come into it as a couple and go, wait a minute, we both have a vision. You're not going to buy this $100, you know, fishing pole. I'm not going to buy this dress. And we're going to have a plan and we're going to get out of debt. And then God helps you supernaturally get this low-lying fruit Eliminate the credit card debt because as a pastor, you know, at 20,000 member church, uh, most marital problems is a money problem. Yeah. All pressure comes back to this thing called greed. And we try to buy stuff we can't afford with money we don't have to impress people we don't even know or like. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting in an escalator at a red light, you owe 88,000, you paid 50,000, 
you could afford it because the payment was over six years. No, it, you get upside down. Yeah. And so I want people really to get free. And I think the fastest way to do it is to either freeze those credit cards or have plastic surgery and cut those credit cards out. Yeah, you, you give a lot of those kind of practical examples and, and advice in your book. And we want to tell people how to get the book just a little bit. What, what exactly have you seen happen to people in your church that have taken this advice and implemented it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's amazing, uh, Randy, because so many people now have given up on the American dream, which is to own a home. I always tell you that I want you to own a home. People are like, oh, I'm comfortable with renting because after all, I don't want to start here. I want to start here. So I'll pay, you know, $2,500 a month for a neat condo mm. when really they could actually buy a house that might not be as fancy, but they could buy it through rapid debt reduction, through extra principal payments, turn a 30-year note into a 15-year note and save thousands of dollars right away. Then when they get older, because we all get older, right? So when we get older, we can actually reverse mortgage that if we so desire so we don't have to go back to work or we have a plan B because you can't reverse mortgage a slumlord's house. Mm -hmm. You need to own that house. Mm -hmm. So I think by having practical plans and having a, a budget and saying, look, I'm going to cut this low-lying fruit right away so I can get money down to buy a house, I really think it does solve people's money problems. And I, I do want everybody to own their own home because some millennials are like, I'll just live with my parents or I'll just go here or mm -hmm. I'll just live here. Yeah. No, no, no. As I a parent of millennials, home. I want them to own their home yeah. too. Yeah, they go out. <laughs> <laughs> Is it ever too late, David? I mean, if people are watching this and they're thinking, I wish I'd read this book 20 years ago, mm -hmm. but now I'm really in a hole. Yeah. Is it ever too late to get out of it? Absolutely not. There's always hope because again, I think God puts his super on your natural. If God sees you taking one step towards him, he'll take a bunch. And here's another thing I've seen. There's a lot of people that want to help people that they love, but they won't do it because they know they've been foolish in the past. So they have money saved up and they won't help them because they know they're just going to do something stupid. For instance, I have a lot of, you know, a lot of people that I call sons and daughters of the house at the church. And there's one guy in particular that I love him so much, but he's just not really good with money. And I knew that he was having a hard time financially. So I had like 300 bucks I was going to give him because I heard they were having a hard time. I went up and started talking to him. And so I said something about taking a picture of something. He goes, Hey, I got a new iPhone seven. I'll take a picture of it. And I thought, oh. Why, how in the world do you have an iPhone 7? Right. So I just, you know, I think the fastest way to double your money is fold it up and put it back in your own pocket, you know? So I, I just left the money in my pocket because I thought I don't want to help him because he just doesn't get it. Mm. But if he would have not been continuing down this foolish behavior, I would have helped him more. And so I see that a lot with parents coming to me and you know, adult parents saying, hey, I would have given them 20,000 or I would have helped them buy a house, but they keep buying stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I think again, not only God, but people, will reward the right behavior when you're going the right direction. And that comes by training. You know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So when you find out you know, in the book, Solving Your Money Problems, how to rapidly reduce the credit card debt, which is one of the ways, the, the fastest way to get out of debt is add no new debts, okay? And then the second thing to do is pay off, I always, my dad taught me this when he was in deep debt. He said, pay off the smallest credit card first, even though the interest rate might be the highest. So some people go, that doesn't make sense at all, you know, mathematically. You should pay the highest interest rate off first. And then it's, if, if we were doing math, we wouldn't be screwed up already, okay? So <laughs> this is about math. This is about momentum, okay? So cut, if you owe $300 on that credit card, cut that one off and be like, we did it. Celebrate like crazy. Mm -hmm. Another thing people can do, low-lying fruit, is we all have memberships of gyms for $9.95 a month. You know you're not going to go to the gym. I mean, cut that off. And so some of my friends own gyms, and they go, they do all kinds of scientific studies to say anything over $10 
$1,000, people will cancel. But if it's $995, they won't. Huh. So I say cancel that. Call another credit card company today and say, I'm going to move my credit from credit card from here to this one because it's lower. And they'll go, hey, on, don't leave. Please don't leave. Let me see what I can do. And those little bitty movements mm. around, it just makes you start focusing on it. Because most of the time, people don't even know how much debt they do have. How are we going to pay it off if we don't know what do we owe? Let me ask you, how would it change the impact of the church in our nation if we lived by these principles? Well, you know, the Bible says that interest eats up the fruit of your labor. So my dad took me to the bank when I was little and he said, look at this. You know, how we have linoleum floors at our house. They have marble. He says, look at the ceilings. Look at the tile. This is unbelievable. And he, he showed me the ink pen. He said, it's got a chain. They won't even let you steal the ink pen. This is these at the bank. At the bank. Yeah. He says, they won't help us at all. So he says, I'm going to show you how to get out of debt. So he had a meeting with us and he said, what we're going to do is we're not going to have a Christmas this year, which I'm like, what? He said, no, we're not. You know, we, we were down the road further. Now we're doing better. And he goes, we're actually going to take all the money we have. We're going to have a yard sale and sell everything that we have on the inside. I'm going to sell my motorcycle. I was afraid he was going to put us on Craigslist. <laughs> and so he got rid of the debt at a rapid reduction. So now none of the interest went away. Mm -hmm. And then what he did after 22 months, he took the title deed to that same bank and said, hey, I want to buy a piece of land to build a church. And he built a church without the help or the aid of any organization that now is a 20,000 member church because of the seeds that he sowed. So I'm standing on my dad's shoulders yeah. today uh, by beating bankers at their own game. And so, you know, I think that's the thing is people can, can do all the great things that all the great Christ followers are watching today. And they want to do more to help the poor. They want to give, they want to be charitable, but they can't because the, the interest, again, the Bible said is being stolen by people who really shouldn't have it. That happened to you again later with another church building mm -hmm. where out of just obedience and listening and waiting, God rewarded yeah. you in, a, in a, what ended up being a huge financial way. Tell us that story. It really that, is, that, Randy. That is, you know, the Bible says to be led forth with peace. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So I really believe that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. And so that church that my dad built and, and used his own money to do it, uh, he died 13 years ago, and he had a church of 180 people. And it was debt-free, but it, you know, it was a little bobo, a place needed to be fixed up. And so I started saving up money because when he died, there was really no money in the bank, but there was no debt. And so we just started practicing the 10-10-80 program as a church. We gave the first 10% away to another organization. We put 10% in the bank, and then we paid the bills on 80%. So within about a year and a half, we had a million dollars, and I was going to fix up the church and make it better. And I heard in here, not like, hey, Dave, this is God, but in here I heard it's not a time to build, it's a time to buy. And so I waited in a local building that was for, it wasn't for sale, but it went broke. And they, they repoed it, uh, foreclosed on it. And it was $6.5 million we bought it for and it, they had $21 million in it. Mm -hmm. Now it's one of the biggest African-American churches in St. Louis and thousands of people go there. And we paid cash for it within three years through beating the bankers at their own game. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why we're able to be on television and do all the great things because where a lot of churches might be given the uh, you know, some of them were even interest only, which is a crime for a church because they can't even deduct it. We paid it off and we use it to preach the gospel with. And it works for institutions, it works for, you know, churches, and it works for individuals. Mm -hmm. What would you say to um, an 18-year-old college student, you know, who's just about to go off to college, um, what would you say are a couple of principles that if you apply these, the rest of your life will look different? You know, I told my son, he's 26 now, uh, when he was young, I told him, you know, 9, 10, 12 years old, I said, hey, let's work 
let's, let's make extra money, let's work hard, I taught him how to work. And then I just told him to start thinking now about your future. And so he bought a Jeep. I showed him, I said, I think you could buy that Jeep. And at 12 years old, he bought the Jeep for $1,000, fixed it up. I said, I bet you could sell that hardtop. He sold the hardtop for $1,000. Now he's level. Mm -hmm. I said, I bet your grandpa would help you paint it. And about three months later, he sold it for $7,000. So now he's a 12-year-old with $7,000 in the bank. Well, by the time he was 18, he was able to buy his own home. Well, that you know, he's not too bad looking anyway, but it made him the most eligible bachelor in our county because <laughs> no here doubt. he is with a house. Mm. Then when he got the house, he said, you know what? I want to do the rapid debt reduction thing, Dad. How do I do that? It's very easy. So what we did is we said, hey, you know what? Why don't you get a roommate? So he said, I bet I could have three roommates. So he's got like three guys living in the house. He's not paying anything. Then he said, I bet I could have another roommate if I moved with you. And so now he rented the house out for two years and he made a killing and now he lives in a really, really awesome home in Florida. And so again, that's the difference between the people who are taught properly and not. And my dad, you know, he never was taught. Mm -hmm. And I want to help you solve your money problems. And I, when I wrote this book, I didn't really want to write a book on money, you know, being a, what they call a giga pastor. But I thought, God just wouldn't leave me alone. He's like, you have the information that can give people power to help them get out of debt and it'll solve a lot of their problems. Do you, do you think a lot of people in the church fall into the trap of just saying, Lord, just, just bless me financially and oh, yeah. help me solve my money problems and Lord, I'm just gonna wait on you yeah. when he's going, it's in my word. Totally. You two thirds of the parables there. in the Bible are, are dealing with money. And God was very wise with money. In mm -hmm. fact, he looked at the rich young ruler and it wasn't that God was against the guy having money. He was against money having the guy. Mm -hmm. God wants the hands you know, of the righteous to be blessed. And so I think some people in the church world use this uh, you know, giving and receiving, which is a powerful truth, but they look at it as a lottery principle. Mm -hmm. Well, if I give this $1,000, or if I give this $500, God's gonna do that. And there's a truth to that. But if you continue to do stupid things, you end up being in debt, which again is doing everything but thinking. And so I think God really, really has put all the information in the Word, and that's all I really am trying to do. What have you seen in the power of being obedient with what God has trusted to us financially? when we are obedient and sow that into his kingdom. Yeah. What have you seen on that? Well, part? certainly God gives you those opportunities, you know, one after the other, because you, you get yourself in a position financially where you're able to strike. And I think 17, 18, 19, and 2020 are some phenomenal years for you to really make financial progress in a big way, because there's some great opportunities if you get ready right now for the next few years. Um, so it, that being said, when that crash hit of 08, and I was able to buy the $21 million for, you know, building for 6.5 million, within two years, another building came up for sale, which was 37 million. And we bought it for 7.7 .7 million, which subsequently is a, a church in Sunset Hills, and thousands of people go there. Mm -hmm. Again, my story is always trying to buy churches to change people's lives. Right. But being prepared, you know, mm -hmm. being in position. And I think right now, some of the things that people do is they go, I'd feel better if I bought this now. I would feel better if I, my 60 inch TV isn't cutting it. I want to get an 80 inch TV. Yeah. And then, so they get in this cycle and they can never get out. Mm -hmm. And so I want, I want to share this real quick though. So many times people, it's a neurological study that happened where they took some people and they said, okay, go go buy this TV and they use cash and they had 11 $100 bills. When they gave the $1,100 away and they got the TV, they felt like they lost something. But the people who used a credit card, mm -hmm. they actually gave them back the credit card. So it's like, I got the TV and I got the credit card. So something neurological happens in your brain when you suffer loss in that. So I advise until you get yourself properly trained, you need to go ahead and pay cash. And what does it mean to afford something? Do you have the money to do it? Yeah. And I share that in the book. What kind of car to buy? What's the difference between leasing and buying? And so many people, again, perish 
for the lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of great knowledge and we'd like to get some of that knowledge in your hands. At the same time, we would like to offer you the opportunity to practice, to ask God what he would have you do to bless others and then to act out of obedience. So take just a moment and watch this. As nighttime approaches the villages of Angola, uneasiness grips the hearts of mothers. They know all too well that in the stillness of the night, there is nothing to distract their children from the gnawing pains of hunger. And as the sun has set here now and it's got dark, the reality sets in that nighttime is hunger time. For thousands of mothers, each night brings back painful memories of children already lost to starvation and the fear of losing yet another child from lack of food. It's when little children like Francisco many times cry themselves to sleep at night. Not because they're scared, but because their stomachs are empty. You see, this village doesn't have mission feeling. These children don't get a bowl of nutritious food each and every day. In fact, many times they don't get any food. Help us to break the cycle of poverty, to ensure that the next night is not a hungry night, that Francisco doesn't have to go to bed crying from the pain of hunger. You know, this is such um, a solvable problem. There's some situations in the world you look at and you think, I have no idea what to do here. This is something we can do something about. I've been, I've walked those fields in Angola and I've seen the difference between um, the malnutrition clinic where the little ones are literally struggling to take the next breath, where they don't, they can't even find the energy to cry, they don't laugh, and I've seen the desperation in the mother's eyes. But then a couple of days later, I've gone to the villages where we have mission feeding in place, and they look just like my son did when he was four, five, six, and seven. They're happy, and the great thing is, when we can provide one nutritious meal, we do it at school. So they actually have to come to school to get their meal, and then they not only get a great meal that stops the cycle of death and moves them on to life, but they get an education. And I, we prayed over some of those young men and women in Angola, and I believe God is gonna raise some of them up to be leaders in their nation. You cannot outgive God. He has a much bigger shovel than we ever have. So we can do something. Yeah, and we've actually seen that, Sheila. You know, over the years, um, the, the African governments all over Southern Africa have credited us with saving literally millions of lives. And when I say we, I mean you, because you're the ones that reach out and provide that, that critical bowl of food, especially in those emergency areas uh, where there's, there's drought, uh, there's famine, there's just the dried up crops. It's critical that we get in there quickly. Uh, you know, the, the mission feeding program has been so effective over the years that we have been entrusted with a lot of uh, opportunities that, that are a little unique. Um, one of those opportunities I do want to mention has to do with our food factory. Uh, we, one of the food factories in Southern Africa now uh, needs to be upgraded. And when we do that, 
it will enable us to uh, output 50% more food. And that's not just, it's not just raw food, it's critical because it's, it's work. It's using the resources in country, it's, it's development. So we're far beyond just the emergency, which is an emergency right now, but we're also into the development of a country. We can do that when you partner with us. 30, 50, $100 will feed three, five or 10 children for three months. Uh, $216,000 one time will upgrade the food factory there in Southern Africa. Here's what I think we should do, Randy. So what do you want to do? That might sound like a lot, 216,000. But here's the deal. If 216 of us give $1,000. Yeah, that'll So be. Barry and I have decided we're going to give $1,000. All I need is 215 of you <laughs> to join you me because there we can go. do this. Whatever God has put in your hands, use that and see what he'll do. And, and that's the thing. You keep saying it, and you're so right. We can do something about it. You know, nighttime is hunger time. Well, we are called to be a light. So let's be a light. Let's knock out the problem of hunger. Call now. Go online and give the best gift you can. In impoverished and famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. With your support, you will help feed and care for children in crisis areas of Sudan, Angola, and Mozambique. With Africa facing ongoing food shortages and drought, we urgently need to replenish supplies and come to the aid of 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30 50 or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider an additional gift to help provide critically needed upgrades to our food factory that will increase overall production by a staggering 50%. This is a $216,000 challenge above our normal feeding budget that could help save even more lives. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you in the middle of the mess. In her new book, Sheila Walsh brings insight to knowing the peace and presence of Christ in the midst of life's inevitable messes. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed and care for 10 children, we'll send you Sheila's book, plus the Arise Coffee Mug. This heat-activated mug reveals Isaiah 61 each time you fill it with a warm beverage, a wonderful way to begin your day. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. I'm here in just one of the malnutrition clinics. And as you can see, I'm here with this beautiful mother and this little one. You know, it's, it's Africa, it's warm here, but look at her legs. She's completely wrapped up and her little hands. The need is so urgent. I mean, I've heard about it. I've seen the things that James and Betty have done for years. But to actually come here myself and see with my own eyes how urgent the need is, I'm asking you in Jesus' name, would you go to the phones right now or would you go on lifetoday.org and make the best gift possible? We can all do something. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a 14-year-old kid watching this or if you're 84 years old and you're living in a limited income, we can all do something. No mother should have to travel 25 kilometers to bring her very sick child to a clinic because she's so malnourished. Would you give your best gift now? Please go to your phone right now. Go online right now and give the best you can. If we all do it, we can change the world for these moms and for these children.
Thank you so much. The phones are busy. Keep calling. We can do this together. We can. And, you know, if you want to solve your money problems, when you help us help others, just request David's book. Would you thank David Crank for being here and sharing such great information to put us all in a better position to bless others? We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. We appreciate you, too. Please come back. Join us online. You can watch all the programs online. Don't miss another episode of Life Today. See you next time. when people just talk about the problem because God didn't leave us in a problem. He gave us a promise. Learning to talk to God from a broken place. Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.